Hello everybody, welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday, the 20th of March, 2011. Let's go ahead and get some of our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact me and leave some feedback or if you've got a question or maybe a suggestion for the show, you can send me an email at firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. You can also feel free to attach a a MP3 or a WAV file, something like that, and I can play that for you on the show. If you would like to leave a voicemail, you can do that at area code 206-339-3266. And again, I do use that voicemail for my other podcast as well, which is The Armed Ape. And uh, just at the top of your message, if you are leaving a voicemail, just say, this is for Firearms Cafe. Uh, Also on there, I like to, uh, I think it's kind of interesting just to sort of hear where people are from. And so if you just leave your, your first name and uh, kind of what state you're from i think that's pretty cool so you know for me i would i would say this is tony from arizona uh, so just something like that now uh, if you don't want to that's fine too it's not a big deal but it is kind of neat to hear where everybody's from uh let's see what else oh on the forums you can go over to uh the firearms cafe forum which is over at gun rights uh network gun rights radio network excuse me uh, and you can go to the firearms cafe section and leave a comment over there, or you can send a personal message through uh, through the forum. Uh, probably the easiest way, though, would be to send a uh, just send me an email uh, at um, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I check that a lot regu- a lot more regularly, I guess I should say. Uh, so I think that's going to go ahead and wrap up part of our contact stuff for the day. Uh, and now comes the part where I do kind of beg you for a couple of favors. If you would go over to iTunes and leave a review over there, an actual written review, uh, that helps out the show a little bit. Also, if you can go over to actually my website, actually to both websites, uh, but if you could go over to Firearms Cafe and scroll down, you'll see the ads. If it's something that interests you, go ahead and give a click. Uh, You don't necessarily have to buy anything through there. But if you can just click on the ads, it does help me. I do get paid a, a very small pittance from there and that helps to defray some of the cost of um, hosting and and the uh, buying the web domains and and the bandwidth and all that kind of stuff so now speaking of uh, having some reviews and things like that i did get a couple reviews got my first i guess uh critical one i i I guess it's kind of negative too uh, because he only rated me two stars but uh and the guy's criticism didn't make a lot of sense to me, uh, but I guess, uh, well, uh, the guy left a review back on March 2nd, and it uh, goes by the handle Gun Nuts, and uh, what he wrote was, I think I counted 20 minutes of non-gun-related talk, politics, blah. So obviously the guy doesn't really like politics, or maybe he wants more of a, a podcast that's a review on, on uh, certain guns or ammunition or things like that and there are those things out there you know i do belong to the gun rights radio network and there are several different types of uh of podcasts that cover a wide variety of stuff Uh, but i don't for me it's very hard to separate when you're starting to talk about firearms and 
gun rights and being able to have ownership of private property, I don't see how you can separate the political side of it. Uh, you know, I used to kind of describe myself and think of myself as, as more of a single-issue voter. And I think I'd even had said on this show in the past that, uh, you know, that I was a single-issue voter and, and that single issue was the Second Amendment. But I've, I've kind of come to rethink this, and I think I've, I've talked about this again in, on, on past shows, that I am a single-issue voter, and, and what that single issue is is the Constitution and freedom. And I guess that's two things, but if, if you're going for the Constitution, what the Constitution was set up to do was to protect our individual rights and individual freedoms. It didn't grant those things. It didn't say that because of this type of government that we have, you therefore are entitled to have these certain, uh, at that point it would be privileges and not rights. Uh, but what our Constitution, again, was set up to do was to say that once you're born and once you're drawn, Beth, and, and once you're on the planet, you have certain rights that are yours by virtue of being a human being. And our Constitution is set up to to limit any form of government that comes from this day forward from taking advantage and, and from reducing your rights. And one of the reasons that Second Amendment things are so important is because a firearm and an arm and 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 not just one person with one gun that that doesn't really going to do anything to to uh, put the fear of the people to government if you know what I mean but when when you have a mass populace or the mass populace has the ability to be armed and the freedom to be armed and the right to be armed because it's part of not only defense of self but in defense of your of your country defense of of uh, your way of life from a tyrannical government from a government that would want to take certain things away from you or take your basically to take away your freedom of choice is what it all kind of boils down to and when we look at firearms when we look at the at the population being armed what we're really seeing is the fact that the people have a means of of defending that way of life, of defending that freedom of choice. Uh, and in countries where that that right to defend yourself, that right to keep and bear arms doesn't exist or isn't allowed to exist by the current government, I guess I should say, then you see uh, you see a people who then are totally dependent upon that government for protection. And if that government decides, well, we're not going to protect these the populace, we're going to take advantage of it, we're going to rule them, then you don't have a lot of recourse. Um, and some people would use the example of Egypt and say, well, over there they weren't you know, resorting to, uh, it wasn't an armed uh, uprising. Uh, but that's primarily because the... The military didn't want to basically wipe out all those people. Had they been willing to do so, uh, then you know, I think you'd, you'd have a, a different story in the headlines. I want you to try and imagine that same thing going on in North Korea or in certain parts of China, uh, also certain parts in the world in Africa. 
uh, where you see that they, they, they try and have uprisings and the military has no problem over there and the government has no problem with just wiping out the civilian population. They'll do it in a blink of an eye. Uh, so again, it's very, very hard for me to separate uh, politics uh, from the show. And, you know, to, 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 I don't know how many shows that guy listened to, but even if we go way back to, to my, probably to my second show, I'm talking about politics. Uh, so, I don't know, I, I, like I said, I guess if the guy just didn't like the show, I mean, that's cool. And at least he was honest about it. Um, but I don't think that guy's probably listened to a whole bunch of them. Uh, because, a, a, again, a lot of my show has to deal with sort of the, the political and philosophical side of it, not necessarily given just gun reviews. Uh, and I also got, though, uh, you know, with the good, with the bad comes the good sometimes. And I got a real nice review uh, by uh, Nine Fingers 56 so I wanted to say thank you to that. And I want to say thank you to everybody that has gone over and left their review. Um, I do appreciate it. It really means a lot to me to be able to have those. And I do think it does give us some exposure. It maybe helps uh, once we get some of our, if we could get a bunch of reviews, my goal would be that I'd love to have about 100 uh, because then that way, uh, you know, when when uh, iTunes is putting stuff up on kind of on maybe on their front pages or things like that, and people as they scroll through, they may give them a chance to take a look at something. Uh, or if uh, someone's just searching the site over there, and they see that the uh, the show has a bunch of reviews and it's current, maybe they'll go ahead and give it a shot. Where otherwise, maybe they wouldn't have. So, again, thanks guys for doing that. I really appreciate that. Speaking of uh, feedback, we got a voicemail from Brad in Michigan. I'll go ahead and drop that in. Hey, Tony. Brad from West Michigan. Hey, just listened to episode 51 of the Firearms Cafe. Wanted to let you know it was a great episode. I really appreciated your comments, uh, particularly about the... uh, ETF situation, I have been following that quite closely uh, through NRA News, etc., and um, what a mess. But I appreciate you bringing that up just in case uh, there were those of us that hadn't heard about it. Um, just want to let you know, it's a great, uh, great podcast, great show. As usual, this one just seemed to be uh, very, very good. <laughs> Anyways, hey, man, take it easy. Thanks again for bringing it out. I missed it. It's been a while since we saw Firearms Cafe. It was cool to see that. I, of course, watched uh, or listened to the Armed Ape as well. But uh, And that's great. Uh, you do a great job with that as well. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of feedback, give you a pat on the back, let you know that you got a loyal listener. And I appreciate it, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Brad, I really appreciate that. Thanks for sending that in. That uh, It's very humbling to hear kind of that kind of uh, feedback from you guys. So I'm, I'm really glad you enjoy the show. Uh, it makes it all worthwhile when I hear from you guys like that, that it's connecting with you and that you're getting something out of it. So uh, thanks for that. Now, in talking about, you know, the ATF situation, the situation with TSA, you know, I could go on and on. Things with the Federal Reserve, our, our current economy, um, there's just tons of stuff. But, you know, especially for us in the firearms community, you know, what's happened with the TSA, you have to wonder, I mean, not excuse me, not TSA, but with the uh, ATF, you have to wonder what other things have gone on in the past that we're not going to know about and that we're never going to hear about. Uh, you know, that agency really needs to be um, just gone over with a fine-tooth comb. I don't think that it necessarily needs to be disbanded, 
I do think that they probably do some good on some levels, but the reality of it is, is they're sort of uh, just a rogue agency. So, you know, I don't want to kind of rehash a bunch of the same stuff that I've done on the last couple of shows, but uh, for those of you guys that are out there, you know, call up your call up your congressman, call up your representatives and let them know that you want something done about this and that they need to look into it, that they need to hold somebody accountable for what's happened. Now, speaking a little bit on uh, kind of on the political stuff again about talking to your congressman and everything, you know, one of the things that I think where we failed as a culture was when Bush was in office, uh, when uh, both Bush one and you know Bush one and Bush two were in office, and even when Reagan was in office, we it, it seemed like the gun culture was very complacent. And I, I I will say that that's one thing that I think that is is changing. I think that politically. Even you know, you know, right now politically we have somebody in there who's very anti-gun uh, and who would love nothing more if he thought he could get away with it politically uh, to enact all sorts of firearms restrictions, all sorts of bans. Remember, Obama was the guy who's this constitutional scholar who thought that the Chicago gun ban, a complete ban on handgun possession, was constitutional. He thought that that hey that. That meant muster. So, if he gets elected, or re-elected, I should say, for another term, he knows that he's not going to be able to be elected again after that. So, what will he do when he knows that he's going? He's out the door anyway. I think if he makes it for another term, we're really going to have a fight on our hands. If we put somebody else in there who is more Second Amendment friendly or more constitutional, uh, constitutionality, yeah, what am I trying to say? Who's more uh, of, a, of a constitutionalist, let's say, that's when we really need to push forward and push hard. Uh, we're pushing forward now, we're fighting battles now, but what we can't do is become complacent. And I know talking about this right now is, is really putting the cart before the horse, but... W- Let's say that at the next election, which really is going to be just right around the corner here, it's going to be honest before we know it. If things go our way politically, that's when we've really got to push things and and hammer the point home that we need to have a lot of these nonsense laws and restrictions that have been placed on us either repealed or we need to strengthen current laws that gives us as firearms owners and as Second Amendment supporters uh, more freedom. So again, we, we kind of go back to that freedom thing. We need to have more freedoms. We need to have less restrictions. All right, let's go ahead and continue on with uh, a little bit more feedback. I got some feedback from Tom, and uh, he sent me this stuff through the forums. Um, he sent me a personal message over there. Now, Tom, uh, on a previous show, had talked. I, I talked about... Um, that I carry a Glock 17, or maybe it was he had saw a uh, one of my videos that I did over at my YouTube channel. But uh, anyway, uh, in that I in one of my everyday carry videos that I've done over there, I was saying that I carry a Glock 17, and he was asking, "Oh, how do I carry it?" And I think I answered him in a in a, in a past show about sort of what I carry, and I'd said that I had carried a Milt a Milt Sparks, which is a summer special. 
and that's an inside the waistband holster. It's very, uh, it's a simple holster, um, but it's very well made and well thought out. But anyway, uh, Tom wrote in and he said, hey, Tony. I couldn't find a milk sparks inside the waistband for my Glock 17, but I found something close. I got an El Paso Saddlery Summer Cruiser locally. While not an identical copy, I think it's pretty close. Anyway, I like it a lot and use it to carry both my G17 and my G26 per year advice. Uh, for those of you guys maybe that don't know, the Glock set model 17 is the full size uh, 9mm version and the uh, Glock 26 would be what would be called uh, the subcompact. A lot of people will call it the baby Glock. Um, so thanks for sending that in, Tom. You know, I do at times carry that, uh, like like he was saying that he does, you can carry the 26 and the 17. Basically, you know, the width of the slide, everything is, is pretty much the same dimensions. Uh, you know, if you hold up a 17 and a 26 together, obviously the 26 is... is um, smaller but uh, and it's got a shorter barrel and it's got the you know the shorter frame and all that stuff uh, but the width of it and everything is pretty much the same so a lot of holsters that will accommodate a 17 uh, are it will take a 26 uh, and I imagine that's true for some of their other models as well uh, an example of that is the um, oh the uh, the Blackhawk Serpa that I have that's designed for the 17 well, that 26 clicks, clicks and fits in there right just as well, has great retention. Uh, and it's the same with the milk, the milk sparks, if I could talk today. Uh, you can put that in there, and because it is a an inside-the-waistband holster, enough there's enough of the gun that goes into the holster where it actually does have good retention. And there's probably some people out there that would say, no, you should, you know, you should use the one that fits it or the one that's designed for it. I never really had a problem with it when I when I carry the 26. Uh, and of course, it does conceal a little bit better. Uh, but again, Tom, thanks for that. And Tom also, uh, I think, left some feedback for me for both my shows, so I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and put a link into on the show notes for the uh, El Paso salary that he did and uh and that way you can go over there to the website and you can click on that and kind of see what he got maybe see if that's something that you would work out well for you i went over to the website the el paso site and checked it out and uh it's real real similar um you know as long as they're they're doing the sort of the uh, for lack of a better term like the stitching and everything so as long as they're using good material uh it's it's pretty pretty similar to the Milt Sparks that I have. Um, and I think I told the story where I would gotten mine on eBay uh, and it had a couple of, uh, looks like ink dots on it. And I think, you know, because it wasn't pristine, maybe I got a good deal on it. But, uh, you know, nobody's ever going to see that. It's an inside the waistband holster. Uh, but yeah, if you go over and just click on that link, you can sort of see what he got. And like I said, you can see if that might be something that would work for you. I think it's about $82 and you know, let me, um, I'm going to go over and check real quick and uh, I'll see what the Milk, Milk Sparks one, good heavens, the Milk Sparks one, uh, what their price is. So hold on just a second.
Okay, well I went over to the Milt Sparks site and their summer special two or uh, let me take a look at this here. Um, their summer special holster is about eighty nine dollars. Um, and I think the one over at El Paso is about eighty two. And they're I mean they they look real similar. Uh, you know on 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 designing a, a holster that's pretty minimal but it's still going to give you retention and things like that there's only so many design things that you can do and in order to uh with with a inside the waistband holster like the um uh, the summer special or the summer cruiser you have to have reinforcement in certain places it has to kind of be stitched a certain way so a lot of them are going to look very similar just because in order to make a good holster it's going to have to be uh, you know sort of done a certain way and then you can kind of compare it to, to cars or to trucks there may be some differences but basically they're kind of all the same you know if you're going to have a good safe you know safe vehicle and it's sort of the same i think with holsters and and this is with the caveat that you're that you're going to a good uh, quality holster maker um so now, you know, I, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be remiss to ordering one online if it was sort of the first time that I was buying one. If I couldn't find one uh, locally where I could actually kind of go and look at it and try it and then maybe even talk to the guy and say, well, hey, you know, can I bring this back or something? And, and even if I can't get full price, can I get part of it off or something? Uh, you know, but at least if you could go down there and kind of look at it and hold it in your hand, you could say, yeah. Uh, and you know, with me, I did sort of take a chance, but like I said, I got mine off of eBay and, uh, I can't remember. I, but it was, it was more than less than half from what I remember, uh, of paying. So, uh, you know, more like the $89 that's over at the Milt, Milt Sparks, um, and of course, I think I got, I, I want to say I got mine for 30 some odd dollars with shipping. So it might have been around, right around like 40. So again, it was less than half. And uh, there's nothing wrong with my holster. It's, you know, it's, uh, and I think it was actually maybe one that was made by Milt Sparks himself. Now he's, I, I think he passed away not too long ago. And the people that are there now are, uh, there's the Milt. Milt Sparks Leather Company. Now, oh, I don't think. Hopefully, I'm not. Hopefully, I'm not. Uh, or maybe I shouldn't say. Hopefully, I'm not wrong. I guess I. It, hopefully, I am wrong, and he's still alive. But I don't think Milt Sparks is still around. I think, but his company is still going on. Anyway, I'm kind of starting to ramble here a little bit. All right, let's talk a little bit more about that show, Sons of Guns. And uh, on the past show, I had said that I was kind of torn about it a little bit or, or kind of it was about 50 50 you know i i don't know I, i'm still kind of with the show for me i it's just not going to be the show for me and i had i had gotten some oh uh, a little bit of feedback from brad but i think it was more just you know for me but basically what he was saying was that he kind of agreed with a lot of stuff that i had said but he kind of took a little bit of a different take when the the couple that had come in and, and were kind of eventually shown the door and he said that he thought that maybe that that the owner of the shop, Will, uh, was a little bit more concerned for their their safety, and uh, you know, and, try, 
in looking back and thinking about it, maybe that's what happened. Maybe, you know, he did give them some, uh, you know, some good advice on where to go and what to do. And hopefully he didn't just show them the door. The thing that kind of concerned me a little bit and why I thought maybe it, that they just, since they didn't speak kind of the lingo or he didn't think that they were, uh, maybe they're going to be the right customer for him, uh, was when he said sometimes people aren't ready for the firearms world and sometimes the firearms world aren't ready for them. And I, I'm still not really 100% sure on what he meant by that. But I do know, I think, that a lot of the handguns and things, and I kind of mentioned this before, that I, I guess they're maybe they're, uh, uh, kind of a gun builder. They're more builders and, and they do suppressors and things like that. So, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, maybe he said, well, look, we don't sell these type of guns here. You can go and, and do something else, you know, and, uh, and here's where you can go and here's where you can get some training. Hopefully that's what happened. Uh, but what I wanted to talk a little bit more about today was, uh, and this is something that, that Brad had touched on in his, uh, in his, in his uh, voicemail to me, was that Mike, he, he was listening to the Michael Bain podcast, which is a great podcast and you should be listening to it, but... Uh, he had said that uh, that Michael had said that you know he was glad at, you know whether we sort of like the show or don't like the show that at least there's a show that is on basically mainstream television and it shows kind of how far the gun culture has has come in in making inroads into just society in general and uh, you know uh, one thing that Brad had said too was that I guess that the show is is one of the top-rated shows uh, that's on that network, and I can't even remember what network it's on. But uh, you know, it got me to thinking, and I've I've talked about this on on previous shows where I was talking about on Spike Network, which is definitely it's more of a niche network, but they were having commercials uh, for Insight, they uh, which makes flashlights and a lot of weapon-mounted lights. They were Showing a show called uh, what's it called Concealed Carry School. I've seen on uh, on that network when when a gun related show was not playing that they've they've got things that are uh, commercials that are that are related to the firearms industry uh, and to the you know into uh, self defense industry I guess you could say. And you know of course you're going to find that stuff on Outdoor Network versus things like that when they when they are uh, running those type of shows and again those are very niche networks and niche markets one thing though i i did find interesting and i my wife and i like to watch a show uh, called house hunters international um, and, and usually what it's about is uh, it, it was based off a show i guess originally called house hunters which we watch occasionally where people are, are they're looking for a new home and then the show in the show they've they've got it kind of narrowed down to three homes that they're shown by a realtor and then they make a decision at the end of the show on which house they're going to buy and uh, in the international version of course it's uh stuff where they're going in italy or they're going to uh, france or ireland or wherever and it's kind of the process there same same thing just with the international flavor and we like it just because you get to see sort of different countries and see how things are different and all that stuff so but anyway I was uh, kind of watching one, and it was a 
a guy was an Irish guy, and he and his uh, girlfriend or wife or whatever were going to move to Spain or something like that. So they were going to be looking for a house in Spain. And it, and, and doing a little bit of the background, it showed him at home with his family in Ireland. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting was it showed him and his father, and they were out walking around in a field. And you said, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, the interesting thing was is they both had shotguns. They were out hunting. And uh, it shows the actual, I think it shows the son. And he, you know, he shoulders the weapon and fires. And then it shows the dog running off to, to, to get the game. And I thought, you know, probably in as little as maybe four or five years in the past, you would not have seen that. They, they would not have put that in there. Uh, that that would have never uh, made it into the show. It would have just been you know left on the editing room floor. And I, I think it does speak to the fact that uh, at least and 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 maybe they would cut that out in a different if they aired it in a different country. But at least here in America, they showed that. Uh, and and for a television show, and especially you know every second of that show equates to money uh, so the, believe me that there, there was a decision made by somebody to show that and to leave that in there uh, so I think it does speak to the fact that that uh, we kind of are winning the culture wars you know we talk about that a lot I've talked about that on previous shows now I got a little homework for you guys kind of speaking of this uh, maybe we'll call them gun sightings uh, let me know if you if you see any shows or if you uh, happen to see uh, a commercial that has something to do with the firearms industry um, or, or shows or commercials or things like that that normally wouldn't be on a regular network. So much like that that House Hunters International thing, normally you wouldn't see, they wouldn't have a firearm anywhere near, uh, whether it's you know for hunting or for, for whatever, but. Kind of see if you can find some gun sightings. Let me know. I know the show, what is it, uh, Mythbusters. I've seen some shows on there where they're doing things. And uh, I, from what I can tell, they seem to be pro-gun. I don't watch the show all the time, but I've seen some stuff where they do it. And they don't, they certainly don't uh, demonize the object. They don't imbue it with all sorts of evil. Uh, they basic, uh, some of the stuff that I've seen. Uh, they really seem to be enjoying firing the weapons. They again, they don't have any fear of it. They don't have you know have a uh, like they're like they're picking up you know something off the ground that, that shouldn't be you know like they're picking up a dog poop or something. Um, but just let me know if you've run across any other shows or any other instances or things where they're showing guns in a positive light or showing the gun culture in a positive light. Uh, let me know on that. Now speaking of being a uh, ambassador. As you know, Arizona is a uh, open carry state, and there are other states uh, that are open carry as well. And for those of you guys that don't know um, what open carry is, open carry means that you can carry the fi a firearm as long as you're not a prohibited possessor. You can carry a firearm. You don't need a permit um, to be able to, to walk around with the guns as long as it's out in the open and it's visible. So uh, some of the debate about open carry in the past has been if you're open carrying, you do give away a strategic advantage uh, in that 
people obviously know that you're armed. And so that if uh, if there was a robbery or something was going to go down, you could maybe be one of the first persons that would get shot if they identified you uh, with a weapon. Now, I can see kind of that side of the argument. I can also see the side of the argument that's made. And there's been examples given where... Uh, there were what the gentleman in, I can't remember what state it was, but there were a couple of guys who were open carrying in a restaurant. Some dudes had gone in there to rob the place. They saw the guys that were uh, open carrying, and they decided to go back out and wait until those guys left. Well, while they were waiting, eventually the police drove by, kind of saw something that was suspicious, seeing all these guys just waiting out in their car. And uh, the rest is sort of history. So, you know, there are two sides to everything, but my point with the open carry is, and uh, this is some of the point that Eric makes over at his show over at Handgun Podcast, is that when you are carrying, you, you especially if you're doing it uh, open carry, it's primarily a, a political statement. And what you're doing is you're saying, we have this right and I'm exercising this right. And the point, and, the, and this is what I feel, and the point, the, the reason that why I'm exercising this right is, I don't want it to go away. I don't want it to be uh, some some wacky lawmaker somewhere says, "Oh, it's it's if you're going to carry that's fine, but you need to carry concealed because if you're carrying out in the open, that can make people uncomfortable." Uh, and so a lot of people here in Arizona carry openly because they say, "Look, we want to make it commonplace and we want to make make it known to the public in general and also to law enforcement that you can carry a weapon openly and it should be no big deal. And if you are going to do that, though, just make sure that you you look presentable. You don't have to be in a, in a tuxedo or a three-piece suit, but just make sure that your clothes aren't ratty, that you don't look like you just rolled out of a dumpster. Uh, you know, I've seen guys, uh, you know, when you really start looking for open carry... There's not that many people out here that do it, at least that I see. You still see them occasionally. Uh, and most of the guys, uh, to their credit, that I've seen that are open carrying are presentable. They, they may just be in jeans and a t-shirt or something, but everything looks nice. Everything looks clean. They look, you know, decent and clean. Um, you know, one thing I've never seen out here, other than in maybe like in a gun store, is I've never seen a woman open carry. Uh, I've, like I said, I've seen lots of guys open carry, but I've never seen any women. Um, if you're a woman and you open carry, um, go ahead, either call in or, or shoot me an email and let me know what your experience was with that has been. Um, or fellas out there, if one of your wife uh, open carries or something with you and, and maybe she doesn't listen to the show, um, I'd, I'd love to kind of get their, their take on it and kind of what they've experienced. So uh, again... Uh, any of the women out there that are listening, uh, what are some of your experiences that you've had when you've open carried? Um, I, I do it very rarely. I, I do it occasionally. Very rarely I'll do it. Um, I, I go back and forth. I tend to probably fall more on the side of it's, it's probably better off if people don't know that you're carrying. Um, that, you know, that way... If something ever did go down, you know, you, you, you could have some, maybe somewhat of an advantage, uh, or you may not be targeted, you know, for immediate execution. You know, how likely is that to happen? You know, I, I don't know. Probably not very. Um, 
And, and the reality is, too, is most people, even when you open carry, most people don't even notice. Uh, so, and like I said, out here, it's, it's, uh, it's more accepted culturally. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think maybe, I think I'm going to maybe increase some of my, my open carry days. I, maybe I'll go and, and do where I have like two days a month for where I open carry out here. So, and like I said, it, it's not that really that big a deal, but, uh, I guess probably I should be doing it occasionally at least. All right, well, I think I've kind of rambled on and babbled on enough here. I'm going to go ahead and drop in a song. Uh, before I go, again, if you'd like to contact me, uh, send any feedback. You can either do it through the voicemail or through uh, email, voicemail 206-339-3266. Uh, voicemail firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. You know, one other thing, and then I'll, I'll sign off here. Maybe a couple other things. You know, we're talking about how we're making a lot of strides and stuff with getting gun culture sort of out there. And there's... When I very first started listening to some of the podcasts, there weren't that many. Uh, and this was just only two, three years ago. And uh, since I started doing mine even, you know, there was probably at the time maybe only ten at the most uh and uh, the majority of those <laughs> were over at gun rights radio network uh, and a lot of people that were doing them back then have since kind of faded away but now if you go in over into itunes and you type in gun podcast or firearm podcast you see there's a ton of them that are out there and so again we we are winning the wars we're winning those that culture war so hooray for us now on a little unrelated note I uh, I think I was listening to, was it uh, Gun Talk, which is Tom Gresham's show, and a guy had called in and he was talking about the, uh, wanted to know if, if Tom had any experience with that new, the SIG rifle, which is the uh, 556R. Uh, so if any of you guys know anything about that, now so it's supposedly chambered in 762 by 39 which is, uh, would, would be for you AK guys out there, of which I am one. Um, that's a round that I really like, but I wouldn't mind having, well, I don't I probably won't go ahead and get into this now, but basically I like my AK rifle. I wish though that it was a little bit more ergonomically designed, um, but has anybody had any experience with that, uh, that SIG 556R? Is it even out, uh, available for sale? Um, has anybody shot one, had any experience, actual hands-on experience with the rifle? If you have, I'd love to hear about it. Um, that's something that, uh, maybe I wouldn't mind getting, uh, I know that it uses AK mags. I've, I've seen some stuff on YouTube, uh, about it. Oh, and that's another thing, you know, speaking of YouTube, there are tons and tons of gun stuff and gun related stuff over on YouTube. Uh, lots of things having to do uh, with being prepared, uh, not only just from guns, but, uh, you know, getting yourself uh, a good store of, of food. Uh, you know, I, I, a lot of people don't even have two or three days worth of food in their house. I think they say that the average American probably has about three days worth of food, which means they could probably stretch it to, you know, six days if, if they had to. Uh, but if it's the average, that means that there's a lot of people out there that don't even have Two or one or two days worth of food in their house. Um, 
but if you know if you can be a little bit better prepared uh, a really good podcast on that is uh, Jack Spierko's uh, podcast which I've been listening to for a while uh, that's the survival podcast there's a bunch there's a bunch of other ones out there too uh, that are really good and again we're, we're kind of seeing uh, that we're slowly kind of winning that culture war uh, so anyway um, I'll go ahead and drop in that song you guys take care I'll talk to you next time courtesy of Music Alley from Mevio. The artist was 
Adventures of Leonoid, and the song is called Floatin' Funk. Oh, the devil has given him superhuman strength. Oh, teeny! <laughs> 